Wojtowski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C.K. and Joe Rottermill. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, so no pay-per-view this week, no pay-per-view last week, so we're just reviewing Raw and SmackDown, and first thing, can someone just let me know when... The new season of Monday Night Raw starts. <laughs> Maybe after well, the Super Showdown? I don't know. Yeah. That might be a trick question because they do count one of the weeks in September as the season premiere. Yeah, I wasn't sure if maybe because I didn't get to watch it last week. Maybe they said it last week, but I'm tired of the summertime reruns of Raw. I'm they ready just, for the new episode. They did unveil a new uh, um, lead-in. I mean, uh, that, that that's, that's kind of new. Yeah. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, before we start, can we have the seven-second dance break? <laughs> it's time? <laughs> yeah, it's time immediately. For the first seven seconds, should be the yeah, seven-second yeah, dance I'm, break. I'm past the moonwalk. <laughs> I will the cabbage patch, and I'll do the Act 2 shuffle. Actually, both of you have seen me moonwalk. I have not. Oh, you didn't see it. For some reason, no. I thought, oh, only Laugh no, saw it. Laugh saw it. I okay. didn't see it. I've seen it firsthand, Al. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you saw it... Uh, in elementary school. Uh, you I saw it when it was in his prime. You did. You saw my prime moonwalking days. Um, prime ash. Yeah. <laughs> me, me at 14. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember last year we made fun of them calling the one the one Raw the season premiere. But now I'm like, yo, can we get that? <laughs> can you please give me the season premiere? I'm ready Does for the season hang premiere. Now. Yeah. I, it's... It's been the same show for close to a month. Yeah, that's why I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, it's been a, a, a two, three week rerun. It's, nothing's changed. It's well, been the same they thing. Hold on, storyline to push all these new promotions they have out. They have so many different things going on. They can't focus on one quality thing. No, um, and unfortunately, like their big story on Raw is the Shield and Ziggler and. Drew McIntyre, I'm not going to call him Galloway anymore. Um, and Baron Corbin. And is it me or is Baron Corbin now the most entertaining part of this whole story? He is. Close. Like, I'm, I'm finding the shield very boring right now. I really don't care about McIntyre or Ziggler. I'm liking Ziggler. I'm liking Ziggler in a little more time. Um, kind of kind of not in the background anymore. Um, a little more involved. And he's doing some quality work. For well, what he's doing is better than what he had done before this. For but sure. I don't know. I The one thing I did like was him pointing out what Ambrose did while they were on SmackDown together without the other two. Mm-hmm. But, like, Dean isn't going to turn on those guys, I don't think. At least not yet. I, I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. But to me, it just doesn't seem like that's the Dean Ambrose character. Yes, for me... They did try to make it a bit different this week because they've pointed out the one glaring hole in the shield, and that's the fact that Ambrose isn't a champion at the moment, and they kind of try to, like, hammer that down. And that's something different. And, you know, he actually 
was guessing guessing about it, thinking about it all night long, and that was a, a thread throughout the night. And then Rollins tried to switch it around on Galloway and make it seem like I'm still going to call him Galloway, by the way. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, they tried to switch it around and put it on him, saying Ziggler's using you and stuff. So they, they did actually try to like tell a bit of a different story. But like you said, I'm not into the Shield right now at this point. They did a great job bringing them back after SummerSlam. Like you said about the whole point of them, like protecting the title was a a good touch. But the whole Braun with with Galloway and Ziggler, that's been long winded, and there's no. There's no doesn't seem to be an end in sight because they have the Super Showdown match, and then they're advertised as the main event for TLC in December. So this is, is, doesn't have an ending in sight. Really. We have a couple of months of this. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a cold quarter before you get your uh, brand new episode. Over. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, like my feeling is kind of, I like the idea of the Shield protecting the title, but like that's not just not the story they ever were telling. They mm-hmm. could have, because the whole thing with Roman was. I'm tired of Brock having this title. Somebody should have the title that will have it on the show, defend it every week, make it important. And it's like, yes, the Shield came out and helped him the next night, but they're not like, what are they? What are they defending the title from? What are they keeping it safe from? It's just the same three guys. That's like Braun is there every week too. It's not mm-hmm. like Braun is an absentee guy. And now they're bringing Brock back just for the, for this house show that they're acting like is a big deal. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think the biggest detriment to this storyline is is Rollins, who was arguably the best wrestler of, I don't know, the past couple months. Um, great wrestling matches, kind of featured. Now he's kind of a background player to Roman Reigns. He's never going to be in the title picture as long as Roman Reigns holds, and he's stuck in this storyline. Um, kind of a background player. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Seth, though, I, like, I did want to see him get back into the world title picture, and I obviously would love to see him hold the universal title and be the top guy. And even though he's not, he had that one stretch of maybe like two and a half minutes in their match where it was like the best thing I saw all night. Yeah. Where he, he did a couple suicide dives. Like, he was like just all over the place. And I was be, like, wow. Like, he that should be was leading amazing. the show all the time, not just... Wrapped up in this storyline. How long do you guys think the Shield sticks together? Uh, I don't know because I I meant to bring this up later, but I kind of um, want to bring this up now. Now, so I, R- R- Pash, I love the fact that you're out the loop of all wrestling stuff until <laughs> you hear it on the show. By the way, out, out the loop. <laughs> yeah, so I love it. So this might be the first time you're hearing this. Okay. So according to reports. The next Saudi Arabia show is in April after WrestleMania. They have, and, wait, they have another one lined up? Yes. So reportedly, because remember, they wanted all the old people. Some people were dead to be in the, at, the, at, the, at the fabulous Rumble back in last, this past April. Yeah. So there's a report going around that they're offering The Rock $20 million to appear as the champion. And you remember the fact that the rumor going around early, the early speculation is the fact that they want The Rock to win the Rumble and face Roman at WrestleMania. So, so this is all set up to have to have The Rock show up in Saudi Arabia as the Universal Champion. Who knows? But I would personally would love the, the rematch of the Shield Triple Threat because remember last time when they did that, Roman was suspended, yeah. so it didn't get great. It didn't get the build that it it should have had, and the match felt a little flat. But I think that. 
you can if, if you want I would prefer the shield triple threat because you can actually like culminate that story at, at the biggest show of the year and actually get Dean actually turn on turn on him because even when the shield first came together, when the shield first started together, I, I thought Dean would have been the breakout guy. I thought Rollins would have been the afterthought, but Dean's actually the afterthought. Mm-hmm. I thought Ambrose would be the, the, the heel. You're a new they had Roman they had Roman set up as to beat the guy because he had he had the look and stuff. But Dean's been the worst out of the three since he's been since they've been apart. And I would love for Dean to eventually turn heel on those two. I think it suits him. Like I, I feel like the, the the character he's had for the last two and a half years, he's not the guy who turns on his friends. Like he's been made like the one guy who's the most loyal. Yeah, he was the guy dog. who was yeah he was the guy who was upset. For the longest about Seth turning. So, but while his character has been built up as someone who won't turn on his friends, I think he is the, he may be the best equipped to be a heel in WWE. Yeah, he I always think, has been. I think he will thrive in that role. Yeah, he, he always has been. That's why I, le- I liked him in the shit. But then when they split up, they made they turned Rollins a heel, which was a heel turn that I never knew I needed. <laughs> because like I said, I thought Seth would have been the guy, the, the odd guy out. But Dean hasn't had that that he, that heel run or that great run that we all thought he did. Because I loved him in the shield because he actually did something. But anytime he's not working with anybody other than Seth, he's been stale. Yeah. What did you guys think of, and Joey, I'll start with you, the, the revival oh, against you. Ziggler and McIntyre? I mean, it was good for what it was. Um, I still like to see the revival more um, more in the forefront because I think that's where they were going. If they could just stay off the shelf, they could stay out of injury problems, it'd be awesome to have them kind of title holders. But for what it was in this storyline, it was, it, was, it was quality match. Halo? Yeah, I thought the match was good. I'm glad they actually didn't drop this at all. So, so they actually they actually brought that back into continuity. I thought the match was really good. And one thing that Rollins did bring up backstage was about how we brought the Galloway was the fact that G- Galloway is the one that's always saving saving D- Ziggler. You mean McIntyre, right? Way- <laughs> Galloway is the one always saving Ziggler. And they actually had Galloway actually thinking. Yeah, I, I did like that. That, and then Ziggler was like, "Oh, what was that all about?" And he said, "Nothing." So nothing. Yeah, nothing. The, the <laughs> seeds, the seeds have been planted there. I would like to see them actually bloom. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for uh, Galloway to mention what happened in Milwaukee <laughs> to Ziggler to, and drop the mic. Yeah, we'll 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 get to that eventually. <laughs> um, but that was a SmackDown thing. Best thing on SmackDown this week, Truth TV. <laughs> I Eck texted me last night and said, you'll pop when you see the opening of SmackDown. It was awesome. I loved it. First of all, Carmella, love her with the dark hair. Oh, my gosh. She's looking sweet. Mwah. Yeah. I was Woo! very, yeah, very I impressed. Lose, I, I could lose the knee highs, though, but. That's just me. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 keep the knee highs. That's just me. <laughs> keep the knee highs. Keep the knee highs. Hey. My dog, Gorilla. If it's just the knee highs, I'm cool. The fact that it <laughs> has an money, the fact that it has I, money I on it, it, I think is great. That she's moonwalking it. in those is great. But Truth, I don't know. That, that he opened it up saying she's the uh, Andy Richards to my Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> I thought was great. 
you know, Andy Richter, obviously the sidekick to Conan O'Brien, not Conan, Conan the Bar- Barbarian. Truth one turned Carmelo babyface within the matter of two weeks, which I love. So it's a good thing you dyed your hair because we're starting to get you confused with the. Uh... Yeah, I popped huge. Okay. You're when... the Carmelo. Yeah, the Carmelo. I, I popped huge when they brought out Daniel. And he said how this was better than Ms. TV. And Truth was like, yeah, I even have an animal segment coming up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the commitment to that, I thought, was, was excellent. I loved that the crowd was into it. They chanted Truth TV two or three times. And you could tell how happy he was that people were responding to it. Like, a couple of times, he just, like, smiled about and it. And it was extremely logical why he took Truth TV. You know? Right. He made a valid point. Right. I'm so shocked, I'm shocked you to bring up the reading glasses. Oh, the reading glasses <laughs> were great. Yeah, and him, and this is my fav- one of my favorite things they do with him every now and again, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, how they made him look like an idiot thinking he was going to get a, a title shot by beating Carmella. And then you come to find out it was all a master plan to just get in the main event on SmackDown. Like, he just had this whole plan worked out. He asked this question to Daniel that's, like, this very intelligent question. Very intelligent, very on-the-line question. (laughs) And then they they obviously double down on it when Daniel says, do you know what catharsis means? And he's like, of course I do, but why don't you explain it for everybody else? (laughs) So they have a better understanding. Yeah, so I, good. I thought it was great. Miz comes out and asks him why he's doing this. And he says, oh, well, I beat you. You didn't have a title. I would have taken your title. So I just took your show. <laughs> so, like, the combination of Truth being so funny, Carmella being a totally different character now, Daniel just putting over the show every chance he got, and then Miz being so pissed about it. <laughs> I, I thought it was it was just a really great segment. I thought the match was good. Oh, and I then thought, pa- backstage with Paige. That yeah, was that was great. I thought I can never enough get enough screen time for Paige. No, never. Uh, I thought Daniel was great on commentary during this match, and was just disappointed that that Truth lost. I like that Daniel was calling out uh, Graves on his, <laughs> on his commentary, especially for being. I thought since you're a big Carmella fan, yeah, you would enjoy this. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like Truth should have won to, like, extend this a little bit longer. I know. Well, I need Truth TV every week now. Like, remember when they can't remember they canceled his uh, ga- WWE Network yeah. game show? I-, I-, I need that back now. I need him hosting something because he is fantastic. Yeah. Like, I love this segment. Joseph, I'm assuming you enjoy oh, yeah. it as much. Entertaining as hell. <laughs> and, <laughs> Alo, I know before we started, you told me, give me one minute, I want to watch Truth again. So yes. I know you liked it. <laughs> yeah, and plus Carmella was looking good. Oh, she was, oh. and like I know I, I said a minute ago that Truth turned Carmella into a baby face, but if we think about something here, Carmella was at one time with Enzo and Cass when they were the most who were they two of the most over guys in the company, and then they lost her and they plummeted, mm-hmm. and then. James Ellsworth, there was a time when I feel like I was the only person watching wrestling that still liked him. Like, I feel like it lost all of its luster for everybody else. A little bit of steam. And then he ends up with Carmella, and then boom, James Ellsworth is popular again. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, R-Truth is getting all this TV time. I'm seeing on social media that people actually are enjoying watching R-Truth on TV. Is this just a coincidence, or is... I know they say Mela is money. <laughs> Mela is ratings? Is everything 
Is it just me, or does everything Carmella touches turn to gold? <laughs> that mellow rub. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I it feels like. That's your takeaway from it? I almost think, like, should she have a stable of, like, pathetic guys <laughs> that become relevant because they all of a sudden are hanging her? They're, like, trying to impress her now. Person up Brizango for that group, then. Yeah, like, that can't be a coincidence that, that all three of them saw, like, their, their most shine when they were with her. <laughs> Well, I think yes and no. I mean, Mela has something to do with it, but, I mean, the whole big cast and Enzo thing just ran its course because too much time for Enzo, he becomes overbearing. Cass was carried by Enzo just because he's a big guy. Um, you look at it, James Ellsworth was kind of carried by Carmella because Carmella was doing some good work in the women's ring at that time. And then now our truth, our truth. Anytime he gets on TV is very entertaining. He just doesn't get on TV a lot. It well, helps to, to me, have him in the mix max challenge. Yeah, to me, this that one is is the the biggest case for why it's maybe not so much her because I've been saying how entertaining Truth is for two years on this show. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely isn't just because of her, but I just love that he's blowing up and she's like involved in it with him. <laughs> I hope that he continues to get. As much involvement on SmackDown as he is, though. I did too. We covered that whole R2 segment. We didn't even mention the seven second dance off. No, it got brought up, I think, is, did, was it as soon as we it's started? Prior, the show? It, prior to the show. <laughs> prior to yeah. recording, okay. Yeah, seven second dance break within, as right as Daniel's about to answer the question. <laughs> so, like, he it's asks tough. this super intelligent question, and before he even gets the answer, they're doing a dance break. <laughs> that's, that's, comedic, that's comedic timing. Yeah, I, I loved it. I And I, I don't think we're going to get Truth TV again, especially not next week. But he's one of the, the rare guys that can take whatever slop is written for him. And he's just funny, so it's always going to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it's being recognized now. Like, I saw some people on Twitter. Uh, I was scrolling through this morning. And I was like, why is everybody now saying the stuff I've always said? <laughs> all of a sudden now it's cool to, to say our truth is great but I love the segment I thought it was awesome Carmella as a brunette love that too um, AJ and Samoa Joe we were supposed to get a contract so signing but instead we, we didn't get the, the Samoa Joe on location at the back to school barbecue <laughs> but we did get him on location at the Styles residence for bedtime last night I loved it because, like I said, right right after SummerSlam, we all said this was a bad story, this is stupid, these two guys are better than this, and we all came out of it thinking like, wow, that actually is really good. It actually is really hitting close to home, and could not have hit any more close to home than last night. The, the combination of seeing Joe outside and knowing where he was before he said anything and then watching AJ's reactions as he realized what's actually happening and that he could do nothing about it. And, of course, Joe playing into all those feelings that AJ had. Joseph, how do you feel about AJ showing up at the Styles household? You mean uh, Samoa showing up at AJ's household? Yes, what did I say? With the, uh, with the awkwardly uh, freshly painted um, Styles mailbox, <laughs> mailbox over there? <laughs> As the resident friendly neighborhood mailman, I popped <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you noticed that right off the bat. You were like, "No." Nah. I, I, I was like, "Oh my god!" WWE just threw his name on this box. That that is too clean. 
I've never seen a fresher paint job on a mailbox. I've seen many mailboxes in my day, and that one's way too clean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. It kind of it kind of um, threw me back to the old uh, Randy Orton Triple H storyline when he was uh, stalking around. Uh, what was it, Triple H's house, or was it the other way around? Uh, no, it was the other way around. Other way around, yeah, yeah. Kind of threw me back to there, but actually a little more entertaining. Um, the whole storyline for me has been awesome. Um, I think ultimately. Maybe not this this go around, but I think eventually Smojo takes the title. I just don't think it's gonna happen at the Super Showdown. He needs to win this title, Alo. What do you think? Yeah, he needs to win this title too. But I did love the whole segment. I really would have loved the barbecue, and I really would have loved like if the kids, if the kids act and the wife actually got involved somehow, some way. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think they'll go that far. But I really did enjoy it because Joe's been talking about this for a long time now. And the fact that they actually finally hit this on location spot actually throws a little bit more heat to it. And then AJ pleading with him just to not let him not, not let him bother his children or go into the house. And then one thing that I did, one small thing that I did like was the show that it it, it had the end the end thing in the corner after he rang the bell it just went off air. They didn't yeah. put, put the um, the logo at the bottom to, to signify that it's going off air. They just ended it right after he rung the bell, which I did. Like that was a small nice touch. Yeah, so I I watched it on Hulu, so I didn't really notice that. It was like counting down that something was coming up, but um, yeah, it was really funny or not funny, but it was really interesting that they ended it that way because it was like on a very serious note. Um, thank you for that. Um, just got a fresh glass of water from Mrs. Sexy Putacanova now forever. <laughs> Thank you. It's no H3O, but it works. No, just as good, though, for me. I don't like what... Um, But, yeah, I like that they ended it on, like, a serious note like that. Like, this isn't just another end to an episode. This is something entirely different. There's something intimidating about Samoa Joe stalking outside your house. And and then AJ kind of played it off, pleading not not to let it go any further than it it was going. (laughs) We don't know how it played out, do we? No, I guess we'll find out next Tuesday. So that's a reason to tune in. Yeah, we have a lot of reasons to tune in, yeah, like Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So is it safe to say that uh, SmackDown is a lot fresher than Raw this week? Yeah, I watched Raw, and it ended, and I was like, I like almost nothing happened. Other yeah. than Truth TV. Yeah, and then I watched SmackDown, and I'm like, okay, there's multiple things on here that I at least care about to some degree. One of the things I do care about on SmackDown or on Raw, I really think it was a brilliant idea. I don't know whose idea it was to have Leo Rush managing Bob. <laughs> Not managing hype man. Hype man. Him <laughs> him representing Bob Lashley, I think is great. Oh, by the way, I, I know who his voice reminds me of now. Who? Uh Bob, Gina's boss from Martin. <laughs> it is like that. Whose voice is this? He's like, he's like, it's Bob from Martin. That's what it is. Like, he's obviously doing a character. That's not what he said. It's not what, if you go back and listen to Matt Madness episode 70, that is not what Leo Rush sounds like. I um, went back and listened to it after that. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I'm happy that he's getting on to Raw. I'm happy that he's playing a part. And I'm happy that he's getting to actually talk because that seems to be the hardest thing for people to do. And I don't know if everybody feels this way or if I'm biased, but I actually enjoy. You're kind of biased. I mean, but I, I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy what he's doing though. 
How do yeah. you feel about Leo Rush? I mean, I don't mind it. I haven't really paid a lot of attention to it, to be honest with you, just because maybe um, Bobby Lashley's attached to it, and I haven't found that the most titillating segment. But, I mean, yeah, for what it's worth, it's, it's not bad. Yeah. Alo? Yeah, I, I've been loving it because it's, it's, it's been given Bob Lashley the personality that he actually needs. And one thing I'm very upset about is, like, why won't they let Leo Rush wrestle these guys? Yeah, That's like the they're one- acting like he doesn't belong. Yeah, it's, it's like they act like he's not a wrestler, but you promoted him on 205 Live. That that just doesn't make much sense to me. And I, I did love Owens interacting with him. He says, hey, come on, Leo, come on down. We got a seat for you to brought the booster seat. <laughs> so I did like that. But I the one thing, that, but that whole thing about them act like he's not a performer, he doesn't wrestle on your other show, that really does bother me. Yeah, I think like I get it, him being small and him – Maybe, I don't want to say intimidated, but like obviously he's out of his weight class with those two guys. They're both pretty big guys. Very big guys. But he shouldn't be like scared of them. No, no. I mean, there's different ways to play this out. This isn't like Bobby Heenan. Yeah, this isn't like Bobby Heenan back in the day getting beaten up or Jimmy Hart. He's like an actual athlete and an actual competitor that was brought there to be an athlete and a competitor. He's not a manager, quote unquote. Yeah, and all he does is run away, and it's just like, come on, like, come on, like, he's probably one of the best wrestlers. He's probably one of the arguably one of the best wrestlers you have, and you just have him run away all the time, not getting physical. But you, but you, but you promote him on the other show. Yeah, he's just flipping. Yeah. No fist, just flips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I've enjoyed it though, and I'm happy that he's getting the opportunity. And Elias and and KO, right. I enjoy them together. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Did they? Because right. didn't they introduce KL as like Elias' number one fan? <laughs> and wasn't that like a thing for a little while where he was like really hyping up Elias at yeah. one time, like a few months ago? I don't, I don't remember when that was, but I do remember something like that happening. So they do every once in a while, like remember, oh yeah, we did, we were doing this at one time. We said that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed it though. Um, I would like to see Elias get to actually start doing something meaningful. Unfortunately, I think they feel like it's just enough to have him come out, sit on the stool with the guitar, and trash the city he's in, and they think that's more than enough. But when's the last time he did something that mattered? Who, Elias? Yeah. I mean, it depends what you mean by matter, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't done anything. Like, even yeah, at Mania, no, he's a really... Yeah, he didn't have... He didn't... I don't think he's. I don't think he's done anything that's actually mattered. It's just the fact that he gets so much TV time because he's so entertaining, and that's what you kind of feel like. That's what you kind of feel. That's the most important thing that he does. The only real thing he did did it was feud with Finn Balor. That was about it. I mean, he stays and, relevant. He stays relevant by doing these things. So that's a, that's always a plus um, on this card. Yeah, and then and then they always hit. I can't think of a bad Elias segment since he's been on Raw. No, he was great on. He was great with Trish. He was great with Alexa. Fantastic. I mean, he was great with KO. We just like talked about that. He's been, and like we said, he's entertaining every time he goes out. It's just a matter of when is he ever going to do something? Doing something a little more relevant than yeah. just being thrown on TV. Yeah, like he has to have like a feud that matters or. A match that matters. There has to be something else besides him just going out and doing that routine every week. 
Maybe you can fight Randy Orton in a Music, <laughs> music City Miracle match. <laughs> <laughs> it would be better than the Hell in a Cell match, I think. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on Elias, KO, Bob? I know nobody's got thoughts on Bob. Or Leo. <laughs> I, nope, yeah, I'm good. I like to see Leo put standing up a little more. That, that That's kind of a relevant point. I, I, I enjoy that. I'd like to see it. I think we will see it at some point. I don't think he's just going to be the quote-unquote manager or the hype man for the whole thing. I, I almost would like to see him get some other clients, but, again, that's probably asking for too much. Yeah, um, well, he... Uh... He managed Mickey James and Bob Lashley's tag team last night on oh, the really? Challenge. Yeah. Well, good for him then. He doubled his client base. What, what are their team name and <laughs> Um, Country Dominance. Oh, jeez. What was his? They had a, he had a stupid name with Sasha Banks. What was it? Legit Dominance or something like that. So he just goes to Dominance. Oh, I think she's faking the injury just to not have to do this. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh-huh. by the way, speaking of Sasha Banks, Ron. Mm-hmm. I hope you didn't cancel MTV. <laughs> I still have MTV. Okay, well, her, her episode of Wild and Out comes on Friday. Oh, does it really? Yes. Man, is she enough to get me to watch Nick Cannon for a half hour? That's that's a difficult <laughs> question. That sounds like that sounds like a push fire berry. It is. Well, maybe watch- maybe that's what we'll talk about next week. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna bring it up because I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I hope that she does well. Me too. I don't think she could do bad. That's just my general opinion. But yeah, I like. I just don't know how like funny she is thinking on her feet. You know, maybe we'll see something. Maybe they're holding her back. Was that a sexist comment? <laughs> no, it wasn't. She's not used to thinking on her feet. She's thinking <laughs> on her back. Is that what you're trying to say? But she has plenty of personality. Uh, I, she, when she did TRL, I thought she did a good job. On social media, she's she's pretty cool. I, I, don't, I, I don't have any doubt that she'll be good. Yeah, I hope not. Um, Usually stuff like this, too, like you're talking about Wild and Out, they don't, don't just throw them to the wolves and say, do they'll kind of prep them a little bit. Oh, yeah. Give them a little bit of material to play with. That's true. They're not going to just throw her out there and be like, all right, you're all on your yeah, own. Yeah, just do it. Usually they kind of prep, give some material or something like that to kind of kind of make them look good, look back, look good as well. I think the, the thing that makes me a little bit concerned is remembering – how bad some of the team bad stuff was. Yeah. Where they wanted them to be like the New Day, and team bad was not in any way, shape, or form the New Day. So I think that is why I have some reservation. Yeah, yeah you're kind of kind of a little scared. It's kind of like when you think of it in that in, in that that light, it's kind of impressive how talented the New Day is and how entertaining the New Day is because they do these things every week. Realistically. You can't just throw people together and do it. It just right. not, doesn't happen that way. Yeah. It's just the right group of people. Yeah. Alo, that, that's where my concern comes in, is I remember how flat a lot of the Team Bad material fell. Oh, yeah, because they had nothing. They, they didn't know what to do with them. But yeah. a while now on a TV show to outshine Nick Cannon, not that hard. <laughs> you know what? I forgot. That's all she has to do is outshine Nick Cannon. And yeah, anyone yeah, can outshine uh, Nick Cannon. Yeah, because like well, now I haven't watched it religiously since it's been back on the air for the last few years. I, the I, fact I that you ever watch it religiously is scary. <laughs> Joe, remember I, I was a when Wild Out first came out, I was a thirteen to fourteen year old <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're, you're so, a mature thirteen, fourteen. 
I, I was, but see, it was actually good because it had Cat Williams on it back th- back in the day. It actually had good people. The original now, pimp. Now he has all these. Huh? The original pimp. And now he has all these. Mm. Yeah. Now he has all these internet people who I hate because th- that's another rant for another day about yeah. internet comedians. They're all trash. But <laughs> that's another rant for another day. But I fell off because of that. But I watched for her. Uh, fair enough. And you know what? She's she's earned my half hour, so I'll watch it too. Yeah. Um, so Charlotte and Becky, all we got was that quick video segment, but again, fun so to good. see, yeah, fun to see Becky on, to, like, on top of this feud for another week. Take a picture of me, I'm a champion, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved her, I loved her posing on, posing over Charlotte with her foot on, I loved that. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, Becky had a match against Lana, and obviously got the win. I am not the biggest Lana fan in the world. I still want to know what happened in Charlotte, though. Huh? I still want to know what happened in Charlotte. What you mean after the uh, going to the medical center or whatever they call it on on? You mean in Milwaukee, Joey? Milwaukee. I said oh, Charlotte. Okay, what happened <laughs> with Lana? Well, yes, so that's another story. We have Charlotte, Milwaukee. Yeah. We town have I town I don't care about. Yeah, we didn't talk about this last week because I wasn't aware that it happened. But Aiden English turned on Rusev after months of us thinking. Aiden was going to get cut loose. Aiden addressed it today. And in a segment that I thought was like a little longer than it needed to be. Definitely longer than it needed to be. But Aiden showed how he played such a big part in Rusev going. The vignettes were very entertaining to me. Yeah, like him bringing Rusev into a fan favorite. And how Lana kind of started to ruin that. And then he said... You know, she's he basically insinuated she's not always honest and said something about that one night in Milwaukee. <laughs> so obviously none of us know well, there's video evidence apparently. Yeah, he has proof. None of us know what he's alluding to. I assume none of us know the last time they were in Milwaukee. Um Halo probably does. And was it just I me? Don't. Was it just me or was Corey <clears throat> Graves like way too excited about he something was. salacious? So he was. <laughs> He, he was, was so happy, it. so giddy about, could this be something salacious? Um, <laughs> I feel See, like... Obviously, I know what salacious means, but could you explain to our viewers who are listening? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't define it, but I know what it means like in context, which is, you know, something, a word you used earlier, something very titillating, I assume, is, is what we're talking about. Nice throwback. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Lana... I don't like the accent coming and going. I don't really. Yeah, there's need, no consistency there. I don't need to see her like as a wrestler. I thought it was just me. Where is where is this going? I like this whole segment. I really did. The segment's not he, the part we have an issue with, though. It's he's just saying, "What about Lana? What's Lana's deal? She's not entertaining." Oh well, the one thing is they can't even integrate that into the story because. They showed Aiden with Rusev, and Aiden kind of did make Rusev this really big deal. And then remember, around June, that's when Lana got integrated with, with both of them, and she and she kept saying Aiden's kind of like hold, kind of holding you down a bit. So like all the the downfall of Rusev Day was kind of when Lana got involved. Exactly. If, if we all remember, yeah. So this is really a good story that they're actually telling between these three. But I'm dying to know what happened in Milwaukee. What do you think it is? Do you think it has anything to do with Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> no, no, Giannis. Or Malcolm Brogdon? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> exactly. Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> the worst rookie of the year selection in NBA history. I laughed so hard when he got that. But that, that's saying a lot about the whole the whole draft class that year. I mean, it should have been Embiid or it should have been Dario. How he beat both of those guys, I'll never know. Because he made because he made the playoffs. That's why. But, un, but that's like not what the rookie of the year is, and that's why it bothered me. It's just the best. Really, the, it's the best rookie, and clearly Joel Embiid was the best rookie. Damn, like it wasn't even close. Late, yeah, and, and he made he made the the biggest impact. I think. But the best part was that he played twenty five games and still got nominated. That's how bad that time yeah. was. And and like how historically good he was in in the games that he played, uh, but mm-hmm. another thing that's a, a conversation for another day. I am very curious to find out what happened in Milwaukee. You know, did it have something to do with Prince Fielder? Did it have something to do with Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> I, like I don't know. I'm very, Ryan Braun. Maybe it was there some type <laughs> of PED scandal. I don't know. It's a lot could be going. Or before, or before Jason Kidd got fired. Possibly, I'm trying to think of what what else is referenced in Milwaukee. Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like that's all I could really think of. Did she get a roughing the passer call? Like uh, <laughs> she tearing rolling off, rolling off the QB. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I'm curious to see. Did, did it seem like they were going to actually pay it off next week? Yeah, he said they had video evidence that we'll see next okay. week. I'm wondering what it what it actually is. I wonder if it's going to have anything to do with. Uh, I wonder if that segment they did with Enzo coming to the hotel room was in Milwaukee. <laughs> Although they would never they would never show Enzo on TV again, so I guess it's not. No. Really that. Um, that's probably a good thing. Yes, it is. So the last thing I have in my notes, and you guys can bring up anything you want after this. Brie Bella momentarily injured. Uh, oh, knocked her out. Liv Morgan. Am I the only one who thinks that people are being overly harsh and overly critical of Brie Bella? Yes. I- I'm glad you took that position because I know um, we all know the internet The internet is undefeated. Mm-hmm. Except that one time, Joey. And I, I yeah, I'm, say I, I was going to point it out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, the internet is undefeated and they waste no time. And was it was it a rough spot? Yes, because I, I I cringe watching that. She was unconscious. Because, yeah, because she didn't give Liv time to protect herself. I don't know if she was just like going with the crowd, chanting yes or what or not. That's well, she kind of Liv kind of leaned into it too. She was there, fine, and she just went down a little further for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah but if you wa- when you watch it, you can see Liv not ready to take any of the kicks after that. Yeah. So I don't know if she was just going with the crowd's cadence or whatnot, but. It was a rough spot, and like I said, the internet—they are quick, they are undefeated, and she's taking a beating about it. Lana defended her on Twitter about it. Well, then you, you, you I, hear those, at the end of this too, though. She kind of after she kind of like wobbles to the corner, you can hear Bree say she needs help. Yeah, but even yeah, even in the ring when she hit her, like when she knocked her out, you see her like checking on her, like saying like kind of saying like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, yeah. it was a it was. A rough spot, and there was another spot that came out in the reports that I think she hit Ruby Riot in the mouth when she was supposed to. But yeah, and, and like I saw one meme where they put a, a, a Brie Bella versus Sexy Star ma- graphic <laughs> up. So I'm just like, you got like you guys are something. Like like I'm all like botches happen. It's wrestling, but they are being a bit harder. 
Brie Bella. Definitely like, a little harder. And, 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 yeah, and then Brie Bella, like, at, at the point, and they're really hard on her at this point because her her messing up has kind of become a weekly thing. So they, like, she's been a little green since she's came back. Yeah, so, like, they're being extra hard on her, and everything she does is just under a microscope now. Yeah, did Samoa Joe get roasted when he almost killed Tyson Kidd? Uh, did... Well, that, that, was a, that, that was a dark match, so nobody saw that part, but still, it's wrestling, it happens. Yeah, did Shinsuke Nakamura get roasted when he dislocated Samoa Joe's jaw? Hey, Lo, it's 2018, we can't say dark match anymore. <laughs> Did Hideo Itami <laughs> get roasted when he kicked, uh, what's his name, the dude from um, Austin Aries in the eye? Was Seth Rollins roasted by anyone other than Bret Hart when he hurt John Cena and Sting? There was a couple of raw movers, maneuvers that I saw, or finishers I saw in the Mae Young Classic, too. And, you know, a lot of these aren't, aren't polished wrestlers, so... Yeah, it was Owen Hart roasted when he almost ended the career of Steve Austin before it really took off? Like it happens. Well, I, well, one thing I think is, I think it's this thing about it's just not to sound sexist, but I think the internet is just against women when they do this because for the longest time Sasha Banks was roasted about the whole page thing. And Paige even came out this week and say it's not Sasha's fault. It's a spot that I call, that I call for, and I've done numerous times. It's just this one time that one time. It, it, I, I lost feeling in my neck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I made the same point uh, when I heard all of that. It's like these things happen in professional wrestling. You it can't, does, yeah. You can't avoid it. And I assume, even though Bret Hart claims he's never injured anyone, I'm sure someone got injured in a match that he was in. Mm-hmm. It ha- like it, There's no way to really avoid yeah, it. Yeah, it could be someone who was kind of underneath in the standings and just didn't want to say anything to kind of rock the boat because he wants to make his make his make his name you know yeah so if you're gonna kill Brie Bella for momentarily ringing Liv Liv Morgan's bell really ringing her bell you should have you know you should reserve the same judgment for everyone else who has ever done it and will do it afterwards um and I'm not the biggest Bella's fan in the world either I just think it's Ridiculous how much he's getting killed for it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys have from the weekly show? Yes. Did you enjoy Oscar with Naomi? I did. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when Oscar said you got bundles, I was dead. <laughs> yeah. What, and what do you? And Naomi's like, what? What you know about bundles? <laughs> and then she said, "Will you help me diet?" Uh yeah. And then this whole tag team women's tag title thing. That's clearly a thing because even Oscar and Naomi, they have a team name now. So, Yeah, we have the Iconics. Well, we're not going to have Sa- – do we know what Sasha's injury is, by the way? Has that ever – has it been they, said they at have, all? They have no, – nobody said. So we probably won't have Sasha and Bailey would be my best guess. It's shame to work with Bobby Lashley. That's what she's <laughs> – Yeah, from. she's just so ashamed. <laughs> yeah, how do you guys feel about there being a women's tag team division? Do they need it? Should they not do it? Do you think it at least gets more that's of kind these of, women involved? That's kind of a loaded like a question. That's kind of a loaded question. I think having a women's tag division would be awesome. Are they going to dedicate enough time or effort to build a division? Probably not, because we can't even get that in the men's um, aspect of it, uh, the men's portion of it. So if they just throw it out there just to sell like a pay per view, it's a waste of time. If they can actually build a division, build some legit tag teams, I'm all for it because women's wrestling has. Kind of, kind of made it to that direction. I mean, 
it's been awesome to watch. So it would be, it'd be another kind of first. I, I don't want to do it just to have the first, though. If they can do it and build it right, yeah, done. So in theory, you would like to see it. In you theory. just have reservations about how they actually execute it. About they'll handle it, yes. Okay. Fair enough. Alo? Less long-winded answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Joe always said, this is kind of like a long-winded answer, too, but they have all these women now, and they, they have to do something with them all. The problem is, you the problem is, like, they have these, they have so many superstars, but that's also a problem, <laughs> you know, because you try to get everybody on TV and try to get everybody to actually do do something. Do, do I, am I cool with women's tag titles? Yeah, but would they book them right? No. But also, would you have to get the? I've talked about. Would, I've talked about if you had to give the women another show because I personally think that they would have to have to have their own show, possibly to actually get any real steam out of this. Would it be exclusive to SmackDown, or would they travel to both shows? These are just questions we'll, we have, we have to get answered in the long haul. But at at, at this point, bringing in, bringing in more titles is just. It's just for the optics of it. It's just for the picture and to sell merch on WWE Shop because that's all that's all titles are nowadays. They're just selling them on WWE Shop and pictures. Like I always see people talking about they want to bring these old titles back. Like what for? They didn't do anything. Right. They're just there. I just I don't I honestly just think that you just want to be able to buy them <laughs> and not, you don't want to see them on not, TV. Not only that, you just want to buy them. not only that, but like it's very clear to me and probably everyone who watches it that right now they're just trying to do all the first they can in the women's division. Whatever yeah. first there is, they're going to throw it out there. Yeah, like the last three, they're like, line. oh man, is this the last first we can get? And then they squeeze another one out. Yeah, and, and technically it's not really the first for women's tag titles, but it's, it's just... It will be in the WWE's eyes. Yeah, but for them, it's just like, they WWE, they just do stuff just to do it because they can. And they'll grab the money from it because they can. Yeah. And as I've been saying for a couple months... The weekly shows are not really wrestling shows anymore. They are just... It's just five hours of advertising for the WWE brand. Is all it is. It's it's just ways for them to sell more t-shirts, more miscellaneous merchandise, more tickets. It's not really a wrestling show anymore. Even even this segment with Becky and um, Char- um, Charlotte this week was an advertisement for a new shirt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's basically what the shows are now, is just advertising for the whole company. Um, but yeah, I, I personally, obviously, anyone who's been watching these programs for the last few years should have concerns about how they're actually going to execute. But that doesn't mean that the women who are part of all this don't deserve it, so... They I des- feel like... Yeah, they deserve it to be a great initial first shot. Mm-hmm. But what happens after that is the question. Yeah, like I'm a big proponent of they don't need more titles, but this just seems like it makes sense because they have so much women's talent signed now. It doesn't make yeah. sense to just have them... to have one title on each show and then nothing else for anyone to do. Probably more to come yeah. after this classic. Mm-hmm. You know, classic, they'll probably have more talent. And now some of these... Instead of having these women's tag matches that get thrown together because it's two different feuds, there's actually a reason for women's tag matches now. Not just because it's almost like the women's tag matches have been the same thing as like the men's six man tags. Where it's like, oh, we'll just throw this together. It doesn't mean anything. That's what the women's tag matches are. But now, if there's a women's tag division, at least now there's a reason for it. There's a reason Mm -hmm. to have these matches. So I think it. 
I think there's an opportunity for it to be good, and I'm curious to see where it goes. But it is something that I would like to see them do. Um, all right, anything else? Are we ready for listener questions? I got a question. Okay. And uh, you can answer it if you have an opinion, but it's more ALO for ALO. Mm-hmm. Um, this week on the shows, we had... I mean, Arthur's opinion have been in a lot of squash matches lately, kind of build them up. This week, they were in a prominent match. How do you think they looked? I think they look great, because... That's like the first time we've actually seen them go against somebody viable. And we've been waiting for that picture for a long time to see, especially Roman Reigns with those those two guys. We've been waiting to see that picture for the longest time. I thought they really held their own, especially in that – in that element with the shield, the top guys on Raw. I thought that was a – It was a great place for them to be. I was kind of worried when I first saw them. Reveal, but it worked out well for him, I think. What, what, you got any thoughts on that, Ron? Yeah. I thought they looked good. I thought it was good to see them in a real match with real guys. And seeing against, like, Roman Reigns that these guys are legitimate. So, yeah, I'm not the biggest six-man tag guy, but I felt like that was good for them. And it can only, I feel like hopefully anyway, it can only lead to them becoming more, taken more seriously on Raw in the future. So I was yeah, happy to see them put in that spot. Yeah, and, and then the, the way like the Shield looked at them because like they've been built up as a big deal throughout the year since they've been been on Raw. They were like, oh my, my god! Like I, and like I said, like the whole picture of them standing up to the Shield was a good sight. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, good question, Joseph. Well, thanks. That's I right. forgot to bring that up. Um, all right, listener questions. What do we got? All right, we do have a question from Laugh. Okay, the Godfather of the podcast. Okay. Show stunk this week from what I read. I didn't watch. <laughs> from what I read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so his question is, who is overutilized and who is underutilized? Corbin and Brie are overutilized. Owens is underutilized. Well, as far as overutilized, that's tough. I mean, even though I fast-forwarded his segment again... I'm always going to say Randy Orton is overutilized. <laughs> and honestly, Shinsuke Nakamura is overutilized. Like, I have no desire to see Shinsuke Nakamura do anything. As far as underutilized, this may not be popular, but I'm going to say Titus Worldwide. <laughs> underutilized? Well, they broke up, I think. Oh, did they? Well, well they that explains it. <laughs> Well, then maybe that explains it. Joseph, who do you think is overutilized and who do you think is underutilized? Well, I mean, under- overutilized is kind of a tough question. I mean, for me, just because of recent happenings, I'd say Brock Lesnar is overutilized still. Mm-hmm. Um, I can agree with you, Shinsuke, because he hasn't done anything, Shinsuke. Um, outside of that, I mean, there's guys here and there, but it's tough to pick. Maybe Roman Reigns, even for me, is overutilized. But they're big on them, so whatever. Yeah. Um, underutilized for me is probably Finn Balor. Um, I, w- I expect to see him back in the title picture. He's not in the title picture. I would like to see him back there. Um, I could probably think of another couple names, but I don't want to waste some dead air. So yeah. I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. If you think of any more before we move on, obviously throw them in. Ayla, who do you got? Uh, overutilized. <laughs> That's I have a couple. I think, and it's not him. It's just the writing. Writing is so indicative to your character. 
but I would say Bob Lashley until mm-hmm. now because he has Leo Rush. And underutilized, I'll probably say Sasha Banks and Ember Moon. Sasha Banks is a good one, and I was going to say her, but then I was like, well, she's hurt, and we're not going to see her utilized when she's injured. But to me, in the when kind of the influx of NXT talent really started to take over WWE, I don't know if there's anyone that has been more underutilized than her. Like, mm-hmm. the, the level she was at in NXT, where everybody was like, this is maybe the greatest female wrestler of all time, and definitely of this generation. And now she's just like coming out to Bailey's entrance music. Yeah. It's, and the thing is, from, from an in-ring perspective, I would will, I will wholeheartedly agree with you that she is the best all time from an in-ring perspective. But, like I said, the, the writing, the writing, you're indicative of what they write for you. And, and in today's world, it's not that good. No. Yeah, so I, I think we're, I think we had some good names there. What else do we got? Alright, and we have a question from Elite Collector215, he mm-hmm. says, Is the brand split still effective or has it done more damage at this point? So, I assume you two will have a better answer than me. But for me personally, the brand split has just caused us to have to invest way too much time every week. And to me, that's the biggest detriment to the whole thing is where you could watch Raw every week. And you could kind of skim through SmackDown and didn't really matter. If you didn't see it, it wasn't a big deal. Now it is... It's just too much to have to consume every week. Especially if you want to watch... If you want to watch NXT. If you want to watch the Mae Young Classic. If you want to watch 205 Live. They're just asking for so much time. And then come to next year, are we going to have SmackDown back on Friday nights? Do we know that? And yeah, it's gonna be live. So like, I don't even know how we do this show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know we can make it work. We, I mean, we just lead in from last week's show into falling into this week's storylines. Yeah, it just—I think it's gonna be a problem that every wrestling podcast is gonna have. Is like it's not gonna line up time-wise the way you'd like it to. So I don't know. Maybe when SmackDown is on a broadcast network. And has to be taken seriously for a while. And then, you know, Vince is going to want Raw to keep up with SmackDown if SmackDown is doing well. Maybe at that point I'll say, you know what, the brand split is great. I don't know. I don't know that a whole ton of good has come out of the brand split. But part of it is just me being bitter about the amount of time that it now requires. What do you think, Joseph? I think that's kind of a 50-50 for me, personally. Um, I think the brand split is beneficial in the fact that it gets a lot of quality names... Um, more time on, on TV. Whereas if you had all these names on one card, um, even with two shows now, you don't see enough of these names every day. Two shows kind of helps you with that. But in the same sense, they're kind of underutilizing talents and storylines in these specific shows. I mean, yeah. they do things good here and they miss completely there. If they could have more consistency or kind of kind of maybe listen to the fan base a little more, you'd have higher quality shows. Agreed. Um, what do you think, Ayla? So, it's not a bad thing because you need it because you have so much talent now. But, like you said, it's, it's the fact that they're doing all this other stuff. Like, you got 205 Lock, they got the Mae Young Classic. 
And like I said, if you want to watch NXT, like if you cut one of those things out, if you cut SmackDown out, you can actually watch one of those shows if you want to. And and you just and you're only consuming the extra hours by extra hours by choice. But it's not a bad thing because they need to they need it to utilize all the talent. But it is act upon and especially if you want to watch all the wrestling outside of wwe it's still considered wrestling so it it does become a lot it becomes a job basically yes and they're not paying me i'm not on the payroll so i'm not willing to accept the job you're not getting your checks no i'm not believe it or not good for you if you are though yeah i mean (laughs) yeah and he, he also asks who are some fresh faces you like to see in the title scene and who would you like for them to actually win the title or just compete for it so, just to stay as on-brand as possible, I would love to see R-Truth in the title scene. <laughs> um, but who would I like to see win the title that has that? Samoa Joe. is like That's the guy that has to win a title, I feel like, within the next year. He deserves it. He's earned it. He should be a champion. And I think that's who I would go with. How about you, Joseph? Well, first face um, would probably be Elias. We talked about him kind of just being stuck in his gimmick. Mm-hmm. I like to see him be more involved in major events or title shows or title pictures, I should say. Fresh face to win it. Um, hmm. It's a good question. I had a name. I just kind of dropped it. <laughs> Again, he can, we can get back to it if you think of it. Yeah, I'll get there. Alo. Uh, I want to see Almas because I think Zelina Vega could actually carry him on the microphone mm-hmm. and actually go go toe to toe with anybody on the mic. So I want to see Almas in the title scene and possibly win the title. I would love that if that happened. The other guy I would say is Braun. Like Braun needs to win a title too at some point. Mm-hmm. Like it's just silly that he if we we get another year in and this guy still hasn't held a title, it's going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, what else we got? Yeah, we got a question from co-host of the show, uh-huh. Josh Elroy Prepson. Igina? Like <laughs> Igina, <say>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, with the waning interest in WWE, I think it's time we ask Pash to review some indie matches. <laughs> okay. I really want to focus on and give you obscure matches that I feel you can't have any bias on. But we'll call this segment Pash's Indie Inquiry. Pash's Indie Inquiry, so okay. First, yeah, so first up, Colt Cabana and Super Cop Dick Justice okay, versus the Kentucky Gentleman, Chuck Taylor, and Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy from Beyond Wrestling. <laughs> so I'm guessing he wants you to watch this match and review it for next week. All right, I can do that. Can you remember who, <laughs> who the hell's in the match? Because I, I already forgot. Uh, we have a li- we we have a link. There is a link. We okay. have orange, ju- orange juice and uh, <laughs> the dickhead cop. Orange. Yeah, that's what I got from that. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> All right. As long as we have a link, I'll be good. So we will introduce Pash's indie inquiry on next week's show. And what was the match again, Alo? But besides that, um... Anna. It's- Oh, say that again, Alo. Cut out for a second. Okay, Cocabana and Supercop Dick Justice versus the Kentucky Gentleman Chuck Taylor 
in Orange Cassidy. All right. So it was close. From Beyond close, close. I will watch that over the course of the next six days, and when we sit down next Wednesday night, I will have my thoughts on that match in the first Pashes in Indie Inquiry. Uh, so thank you, Prep, for submitting that. Thank you for introducing a new segment. And do we have any other questions? That's it. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. Any final thoughts from anyone before I close this out? Beer's good. <laughs> I'm glad you're drinking an Oktoberfest, right? Yeah, I mean it's just, it's great. It's a great season for beers, and I kind of <laughs> Mr. Sexy enjoys to partake in the, in the seasonal beers. In the fall seasonal beers, oh, yeah. <laughs> the sexiest season for beer drinking. The sexiest season. For beer drinking. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I like uh, I like fall beers too. Uh, so. Uh, for well, no. Before I close it out, I'll do this real quick. I don't have anything elaborate. Joel Embiid. I know the season is starting soon, but we are. We still want to sit down and trust the process with you on Matt Madness. LeBron. I know you're all the way across the country now, but we still have a throne waiting for you on Matt Madness as well. Um, I guess that's the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Five star ratings and reviews. Alo, do you want to move any merch? <clears throat> yes, before I do that, LeBron, you just deemed your your players on your your some of your role players as mud. Mm. So you can you can come join the MVP <laughs> and embrace the madness and head over to whatamaneuver.net for your own personal Matt Madness gear. Alright, well that is the show for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermill. Make it juicy, people. <laughs> For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery. We'll see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.